Welcome to this week's podcast from Fearless LA. For more information, check out fearlessla.com or explore the Fearless app. Thanks for listening. This is Fearless Los Angeles. Together we could worship you, Jesus, for who you are, not who we feel that you are, not who we see that you are, but what your word says that you are, God. And we lift you high today from the front of this room to the back of this room, from the balcony, from the left to the right, God. We lift you up all over L.A., God, from church to church, denomination to denomination, every color, every race, every tongue, God. We will sing many different songs today. But Lord, we give you praise in this nightclub today, Jesus. We lift you up for who you are, God. Come on, would you help me praise God in this room real quick? Jesus, we love you, God. We lift you up, Holy Spirit. And would you just stand to your feet with me all over this room, in this room, and would you just lift your hands, and would you say, Jesus? Say, come on, say it with a loud, proud, excited dance floor, outside voice. Jesus! We lift you up. Today, I will worship you. I will give you all my praise. No matter the storm, no matter the trial, let my faith come forth as gold. I worship you today because you are great. Hosanna in the highest. You are great. Come on, amen, 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 amen. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that and fearless? Come on, do you believe that? Woo! You can turn around and look up at the balcony. We got more friends in the balcony. Come on, somebody. Woo! I am getting excited about what God is doing. This is awesome. Well, you can, uh, you can stay standing to your feet. Uh, well, that's the only way you could actually stand if you want to stand to your knees. That's up to you, too. <laughs> I want us to read uh, the Word of God together uh, real quick. And then uh, Alyssa Rose. Does anybody know Alyssa Rose? After we read, Alyssa Rose is going to share with us a special song. This week she hit me up on uh, someplace, email or somewhere. Uh, yeah, she, she emailed me and she was telling me about a song that she wrote that fits perfect with what I've been uh, preaching about. And we love our artists in our city and, and what they do. And so we're going to read this together. Alyssa, you can get in place. And then after we read this, uh, we're going to be done reading. You'll be able to sit down and then we're going to listen to this song that Alyssa wrote about this. And uh, then I'm going to preach to you. Is that okay? Awesome. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. We're going to read this together. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. And I know we don't do this often, so we're going to have to, we might get better as we go. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. Ready? One, two, three. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, He swore by himself, saying, I surely will bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, 
Abraham received what he had promised. Now stop there for a second and somebody praise the Lord at that. Who's been waiting? Anybody been waiting on what you've been promised? Anybody been promised something by God and you are waiting on it and you are ready to see it come to pass? The only time I can find out in the Bible where God swore. God said, I swear by myself. He looked for something greater to swear by and he couldn't find it. So, you know, some of us throughout life, we swear on our mama. You know, I, I tell you, on my mama, this is going to happen. Or, or on my life. And we're looking for something greater than our word to swear by. And God looked for something greater and he couldn't find it. So he just swore by himself. And he made a promise to Abraham and that promise came to pass. Anybody waiting on some promises that you want to see come to pass? The God of Abraham is your God. And then he says in verse 16, ready? One, two, three. Men swear by something greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what they said and puts an end to an argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to his heirs, and what he had promised, he confirmed it with an oath. Now, some of you aren't reading still. Come on, you help me out. Verse 18, here we go. One, two, three. God did this so that... By two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. Verse 19. We have had this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf, has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And anybody who loves Jesus, give him a shout of praise in this building. I want to read one more thing with you, and then we will sit down, okay? 1 Peter 1, verse 3, stay standing. Praise be to the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth. Anybody have new birth in this room? Into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So we're talking about Jesus again. He is that same hope, amen? And into an inheritance which can never perish, spoil, or fade. Keep kept in heaven for you. Touch your neighbor and say, you have an inheritance, even if your daddy doesn't have an inheritance for you. It says this in verse 5, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you can greatly rejoice. Somebody rejoice in the room. Through now for a little while, while you have had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials, these have come to you so that your faith, somebody say faith, faith. of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise. Somebody say praise. Glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now lift your hands. Jesus, we thank you for the trials and the testing of our faith and the testing and the surety and the hope of our anchor in you, Jesus, that you have gone before us through the veil and broke through every trial 
every temptation, every storm we will ever face. And we give you praise on this side and on that side because of it in Jesus' name. And somebody said, Amen. 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 You can slap your neighbor. And say, neighbor, neighbor your, faith your faith must stand trial. Must stand trial.
Alyssa, real quick, here's a mic. Yeah, tell thank us, you. Uh, tell us, you're an artist in LA. You're work, you moved here. Your whole family moved here. Yeah. To do what you're called to do. Tell us real quick why you wrote that song and what that means to you about so, the boat, the anchor. When I first started writing this song, I was at a really, really hard time in my life. Um, one of my friends from middle school and high school actually just committed suicide. And I was just searching and I honestly, it's hard when that happens because you're like, God, why, why? And I have all this other stuff going on and there was stuff going on with my music and with my acting and it was all just so much. And I had this moment where I went, wow, I don't have to do anything. Even though there's all this stuff going on, I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is hop on the boat. He's gonna take care of the sails and the rowing. There's rowing and all I have to do is enjoy the ride. You know, and especially if there's waves, that just means it's a roller coaster. So, <laughs> you're awesome. Thank you, Alyssa. Mm, come thank on, give you. it. Come on, how many guys enjoy Alyssa? And uh, you can check out her music. I'm sure, AlyssaRose.com. There you go, AlyssaRose.com. And please support her. Let's support our artists. Do we have any other artists in the room that are here? Raise your hand if you're an artist that's here. Come on, we want to believe in you guys. We're thankful for you and what you do. And uh, what a beautiful song. And I think that fits well, and really what she said uh, just right there. I mean, isn't there some times in life where we kind of just look at what's going on and we wonder why? Anybody ever just wondered why? Why God didn't answer? Why it didn't happen as fast as we needed it to happen? Why we're still here in the middle of the storm? Why, why we lost them while they went too fast? While we're in this hospital room, why, why at times, and how, how do we keep trusting God through the why? How, how do we, in that middle ground, when he hasn't answered the other whys, and then we got new whys, and, there, and we're, uh, we're in the middle of this alphabet soup of why, and we're wondering, God, how in the world do I trust when so many people have let me down, and now I feel like the heavens are like, brass and that you're so you ever had a moment where you felt like God was so close you could you could almost feel him breathing on you and then other moments where God feels so far away that you almost wonder is he even real was that just a figment of my imagination was that just something I thought what was uh, have, have you ever been there have you ever had a why and 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 for the first time maybe your anchor was tested the hope that we have in Jesus. I know uh, Pastor Sean is going through that right now. I told him, why are you here? That was my why to him uh, right now. He just said I needed to get out of the hospital for a second. He still has his hospital band on. And before I go any further in this sermon, I would like us to pray for little Harper. Uh, she is in a bed right now as we speak. And the doctors still don't know what is wrong and what's going on with her. And we are believing for complete healing in the name of Jesus. And that he will give that family strength to walk through this as their faith is being, is on trial right now. Uh, and and uh, Sean, I do want to tell you that you have a good lawyer and your dad's the judge. So as your faith is on trial and it is going through that, we are with you and we're in the courtroom with you. And can we just put our hands towards Pastor Sean? You may not know his daughter. Uh, how old is your daughter? One year. one year. She just turned one years old in the hospital. They had her birthday in the hospital. 
and uh, the, the nurses celebrated with them. And uh, I love this family, and I'm believing for something great to happen with his daughter. Lord, we thank you, God, uh, for Sean and Whitney. We thank you for the faith that is that is uh, being grown and tested even right now, Jesus. And we know that your faith on trial, God, Lord, it produces gold in us, God. And Lord, we, we thank you for little Harper, God, and we, we uh, do not accept any longer that it is your will that she sits in that hospital bed, God. We pray right now you would guide the doctors into finding out what is going on in her little body. And Lord, we thank you for your perfect will, God. Lord, we thank you for perfect peace in this storm. And we pray right now, Jesus, you would heal that little child right now. And Lord, we thank you for so many great years ahead, God. Lord, we, we uh, at this point are not going to ask why, we're going to ask who. Who is Harper? Lord, that you have put so much gold inside of her, God. Lord, that it is as it, it, is, as it is tested, God. Lord, that, 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 Lord, mines of gold are coming forth, God, through this family. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. We love you, Sean. And we're with you, and, uh, and uh, we're, we're proud of you. I'm proud of you. And First uh, Peter 1.3, I want to read that again. It says this, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. This is not, this is not mystic hope. This is not um, uh, hope because we're, we're, we're positive. This, you, know, you know what I'm saying? The, the Christian hope doesn't have to be a positive hope uh, because you need to be positive now. Now that you're saved and now that you're a Christian, you just have to have this positive thinking, uh, looking at the good side of things. No, this is a living hope. This is not great thinking kind of hope like, oh, let's just hope it all works out. Stop being negative. No, no, no. This is not that kind of hope. This is Hope like an anchor. This is hope that, that, that is living. It is alive right now, this hope. It is, it is not based on feelings or emotion or what you see. In fact, this anchor that we're talking about, that we have hope in Jesus, it only works when you can't see it. Hope that you can see is not hope at all. Because what are you hoping for? It's there. I hope I would have a nice keyboard on stage. And then you're going, you're crazy. There is a keyboard on stage. I hope that the balcony would have people in it. The balcony has people in it, Pastor. You don't have to hope. It's here. You can now rejoice. But you can take joy when it's here, and you can take joy when you don't see it yet because the hope we have actually works the best when it's invisible. The anchor only works when it goes over the bow of the ship in the middle of the storm, and it works when it's being drugged by the waves and the shifting tides. Look, an anchor doesn't work by just dropping it down. Really, the, the anchor would have to be as big as the ship to work as it's dropped down. But the power of the anchor is the hooks in it. And when it's drugged by the shifting and the moving of the waves, that anchor literally digs in deeper and deeper and deeper. And you would have to rip open the bottom of the sea to move the ship on the top. The storm would have to be powerful enough to destroy the bottom of the sea before it destroys the boat. Now your hope is an anchor placed at the throne of God. Jesus sits on the throne right now as an anchor of hope for us. It says that he's behind the veil. He's invisible. But Satan would have to rip open the bowels of heaven and destroy heaven before he destroys this ship. Because I am tied to something greater 
And that will only be found when we go through trouble. Your faith must stand trial. I don't know who told you it didn't have to. I don't know who lied to you. And, and, and I need to apologize on the behalf of pastors for preaching lame, solid, uh, in their minds, uh, shallow messages to get bigger crowds. I need to apologize on behalf of, of adult down Christianity because the Christianity that we have does not evacuate you from trouble. In fact, it might put you right in the middle of it. We preach this way because our forefathers before us uh, did crazy things and they almost got to this place where God wanted you broke, jacked, and disgusted and sick. And, and if you weren't uh, on your knees walking upstairs of glass for repentance, repentance, they would actually pay uh, to, to, to get their sins forgiven. It was the craziest stuff that the religious people had taken the church to and they had taken it to an all-time high and Martin Luther nailed a thesis to the, the door of the church and he said it is by grace that we are saved. This God is not some egotistical maniac. He's not a child abuser. He's not abusing his sons and daughters. He loves them. He's for them. He's with them. And so we move to this new kind of preaching that, that, uh, that, that, is, that is all about uh, faith. If you have faith, you, you will be blessed. And we talked about being blessed. And, and, and just like religion goes one way, it also goes another way. And we've seen uh, the blessed people. We've seen the televangelists on TV and talking about if, you, if uh, God loves you and if you love him and if you give and you do this, you will be blessed. You should be blessed. And so we got into this place where everybody's driving a certain car. And if you didn't have this car, God didn't love you. And if you didn't have a nice house and whatever, then you weren't blessed. Oh, don't hate on my blessing because God's blessing me. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And we got to this other weird place that this generation is fully disgusted with and saying, you know what, God, we're just trying to find our way somewhere in the middle. It's not that I have to be broke and it's not that I have to be rich, but I want to be rich in something else called faith. And my... Did you know that you could be sick and full of faith? You could be broke and full of faith? You could, be, you could be almost feeling like you're losing your mind and full of faith. And it does not mean you're not full of faith if you're going through stuff. And it also does not mean God's mad at you if you're going through stuff. All it means is that your faith is on trial. See, we, we lied to a generation because we like fast things. We like quick stuff. In fact, everything we have now is getting faster and faster and faster and faster and faster, left less commercials. Now we don't have to watch commercials. We can just fast forward uh, through DVR started, and now they're doing streaming TV, so you only have to watch 15-second commercials. And then if you go on YouTube, it used to be like you could skip it. Now they're getting smart and putting it in the middle of a, an entire YouTube, and all of a sudden you're watching some cool show, and out of nowhere some guy pops up and goes, you can whiten your teeth in five different ways. And you're like, what the heck happened? You know, and we love stuff fast, man. I don't know about you. I love my microwave. Some people are throwing away their microwaves and eating kale, but I'm going to use my microwave until it goes out of style. If I get a tumor, at least I'll have my food faster. Praise the Lord. Microwave macaroni. Have you eaten microwave macaroni and cheese? It's not great, but it's fast. Still kind of tastes like real food and we even have microwave rice. Anybody still cook rice the old way? 
Y'all should catch up, man, because you got three minutes and you can pop this sucker out brown rice. Brown, have you ever cooked brown rice in three minutes? No. Takes like two hours, and then it's going to be nasty and mushy, and you're going to do it wrong. We love fast food. Anybody love, I mean, you, you just be, be honest. It's why they have drive-thrus, so you can inconspicuously hide out in the drive-thru. And if we went to your car right now, we would find many bags of old fries and crumbled up evidence of last week whenever my wife goes out of town it's like all right let's just get some mcdonald's she won't have a clue that she look at the credit card and go how come you went to mcdonald's 32 times that must have been somebody else someone stole the credit card i don't know who that is we love everything fast so we, we've taken fast to our god when god god is the ancient of days he may not be fast but he's always on time and what he delivers is not a half-baked macaroni and cheese in the microwave. And in fact, some things, if we could remember back when we didn't care if everything was fast, some things actually get better with time. Yeah, the finest of wines, they, they, don't, they don't cook those up fast. The fast stuff ends up at the cheap aisle at Walgreens. The fine stuff is hidden away and locked away for years. And the longer it sits... Uh, in fact, the better it gets. And this faith that we have, sometimes there is delayed answers because the answer is getting better and better and better. And finally, we'll catch up to the answer that God wants to give us. But we have to allow our faith to be tested. We are all on trial. And the world is watching. How will you do? on the witness stand. You know our one job is to witness. You know the Holy Spirit was giving us power to witness. Yeah, and we thought it was out going out handing out tracts. Some guy last week thought it was standing with a bullhorn yelling at people that are trying out for So You Think You Can Dance. But that wasn't the power to witness. The power was that the Holy Spirit would literally hold you in that stand. Look, many times when the disciples would get tried or tested, you know what Jesus and the Holy Spirit would tell them? They would say, look, don't even worry about when you stand before the, the craziest, the most intellectual people. Don't even worry about, don't even prepare what you're going to say. In fact, walk up there, and as soon as you sit down, no, as soon as you open your mouth, I will feel it. What did they say about Peter and John? They, they took notice that they were ordinary, untrained, unschooled men, but they had been with Jesus. There was something about them, something in their words. What It was the Holy Spirit that they had received in the upper room that was giving them power on the stand of faith. Just uh, recently, me and my wife uh, realized that the Holy Spirit's power gave us the ability to stand the test that we went through recently with our daughter. And uh, I, I told you the story last week, and if you didn't hear it, we have a podcast. But, but one thing I didn't say that I wanted to say was that I didn't realize what was in me until it was tested. I didn't realize what was in my wife until it was tested. And I realized we make a pretty good team. We were tried on the stand together that day when our daughter felt like she was losing her life and when we were squeezed and we had nothing to say. When we were put in the trial booth and we had nothing to report and we opened our mouth, it was then that the Holy Spirit made utterances 
that I could not make on my own. And he prayed through me when I didn't know what to pray. And I believe my daughter is here today because the Holy Spirit in me And I believe today many of you are on trial and you don't know what to do because no one ever told you you would have to stand trial for your faith. For some reason, they told you that when you got saved and you gave your life to Jesus, it would be like a fairy tale. But this thing is real. It works in all storms, in all circumstances. And there are people today that could tell you so in this room. There are people today that you may even watch them in this room and you wondered why they praised the way they praised, why they jumped the way they jumped, why some of these young men and young, young people up here were crowd surfing during work. It may not look like the Jericho march, but this is their thing. We're going to let them rock it, right? And why, why are they praising like that? Well, you don't know what kind of storms they've weathered through with this Jesus we're singing about. And when they say we lift you higher, it's taken over their full being because... First Peter 4.12 says this, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning fiery trials, which is to try you as though it was some strange thing happening to you. Many of us as Christians, we go, oh my gosh, why is this happening? You ever said that? Why? Lord, why? Why, 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 why is this happening? And one night, in the middle of the night, our son was just losing his mind. He had, I don't know if he had colic or what it was, but he, if, if, if you've been a parent and you've walked through that, you, you, you realize that you, you, you want to die in those moments. And he had colic and he was losing his mind. We were sleep deprived. And I remember just saying, as I'm rocking him in the hallways and I'm in, he's screaming and there's nothing that I can do. I'm saying, God, why, why? And then his neck coming out, he, something happened when he, when he was delivered. The doctor twisted his neck wrong and he had this thing called torticollis and his neck was bent. We were taken to our son to a chiropractor when he was just a few months old. And I'm asking God, why, why, why? And God rocked me one night and he said, you're asking me the wrong question. You should start asking me who. Who is this young man that at such a young age I would already begin to allow his faith to be tested? And who are you as a dad that in these moments I would allow your faith to be tested? Who is this young person that such an attack and such a fight is on their life that right now, even as a young person, I can guarantee in this room, if you have, if, if you, if you in this room, I guarantee there is hundreds of people in this room that at a young age the devil tried to take you out before you ever even and made it into this world and I can guarantee you that those same people have a tremendous call on their life and that from a young age the devil was not afraid to try to attack and destroy your life and God allowed it but he allowed it because God doesn't save you out of the fire he saves you in it so that you can testify you know what it means to testify? I've been through the test and I made it on the other side and this is my song. I will praise him who has called me out. Hmm. Our faith is not exempt from tragedy. Our faith is not exempt from adversary and adversity. 
And many will find that after they've named, claimed, read it, podcasted it, and had prayer groups and worship encounters, many will find it difficult to swallow that their faith must stand trial. That sometimes, no matter how many times you declare it and prophesy it and believe for it, your faith sometimes just must stand trial. Why wouldn't he save me out of the fire? Because it's in the fire that all the other stuff is melted off. It's in the fire that everything you thought mattered doesn't matter anymore. It's in the fire that all the dross and all the nastiness seems to fade away. See, that day when we're in our car and crying out to God in the fire, nothing else mattered. All we want is you, Jesus. I guarantee Sean could stand up here and testify that all he wants is Jesus. God, I just want your will in the middle of this fire. A great metal worker was once asked, when you put the rock with the dross into the fire, when do you know it's time to pull it out? Because if you leave it in too short, the dross will still be there. The nastiness, the cares of this world. But if you pull it out too fast, it will be there. If you leave it in too long, it will melt even the metal that is precious. And the metal worker said, I hold it in the fire until when I look into it, I see my face in it. You see, Jesus is simply wanting to reveal himself in you. The hope of glory. He wants you to hold on to the anchor as hope so that hope will be pushed through you to a hopeless world. We pray every day, God, save our city. God, rescue the hurting. Give hope to the hopeless. Well, where is that hope going to come from if they can't see Jesus? They're going to have to see him in us. They're going to have to see us worship in the fire and out of the fire. They're going to have to see his face in us. You see, this sermon's not for everybody, but it's for those walking through a trial right now, walking through a test right now, and your faith is being tested from every angle, and you thought God left you, but it couldn't be more wrong. He has never been more near, and God is carrying you and protecting you. In fact, He is your thermostat in the middle of this furnace, and He's making sure that you always have a way out. As soon as you're about to lose your grip, it's Him who catches you. As soon as you're about to lose your breath, it's Him who resuscitates you. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves that this world is not our home. It says that Jesus, the hope, that anchor, tore a hole in the veil. It made a way behind the veil. That word way right there is not like it's been there before. It's like there was no door and then Jesus through his force tore a hole in the, the wall, the receding wall between us and God's love and his grace. See, we've had a problem since the beginning of time. We have run from God. We have hidden from God. It's in our nature to have sin in our life. It's in our nature to be selfish. It's in our nature. We have cursed God with our life and for that we should be judged for it. 
But God in his audacity and his powerful love sent Jesus in our place to stand in the place that we should have been judged and tried as human flesh. He was born as a baby and died on the cross that we should have took. And he did that so I can now have bold access to the throne of grace. And Jesus... The word to make a way through the veil, the anchor that is hidden behind the veil, that word way right there is actually like the word inauguration. It's like when a new restaurant opens and they cut the red tape and they say, we're going to open something new that has not been here before. Jesus opened a way, not that this just the anchor would sit there, but Jesus is a few things behind the veil. If you could picture Jesus coming and sitting on his throne and taking hope and strapping it around his throne and saying, hey, just to let you know, I never leave my throne, my seat of power. And this anchor is set in a firm foundation. And you, you, no matter what storm, no matter what trial, I'm connected to you, baby. And I'm not letting you leave. And I'm not letting you be. If the enemy wants to destroy you, he's going to have to destroy my throne and that's exactly what he does because we destroy that throne the enemy has no power we've been given all authority on this earth but the enemy has lost it all he's been stripped of all his power so he whispers in our ear what we should say out of our mouth and just as the holy spirit fills our mouth the enemy fills our mouth and we in our audacity and our, our wanting god to be a genie in a bottle Remove God from his throne of grace because we feel like he's forgotten us. He's messed up. And we attack the throne and say, God, you're off today. You're on tomorrow. You ever done that? You ever just said, man, God, I, when it's going good, <laughs> right there. Hallelujah. But when it's going bad, I'm kind of, kind of wondering, did you, did, you, did, you, did you take a bathroom break? Did you, did you leave? Did you, were you not, did something go wrong? Did, and, then, and then you start questioning yourself, did I do something wrong? Did I not fast enough? Did I not? Let, me, let me tell you about this anchor. This anchor has nothing to do with you. Has nothing to do with your ability to fast. Has nothing to do with your ability to pray. Has nothing to do with your ability to worship. This anchor cannot be based on us because it is based on him. And some would say, you got to hold on to the anchor of hope, but I want to wager with you that anchor of hope is holding on to you. Because when we went through our stuff that was just for a moment, I realized that I was not holding on to that anchor because I would have let it go. But that anchor was holding on to me. And it wasn't based that day on how much I had prayed, how much I had worshipped, how good I was, how much money I could make, how fast I am. That day didn't matter how good I could preach or how good I couldn't preach. That day was based on the glory and the grace of Jesus Christ. And he is the gold inside of me. And he wants to reveal himself to a jacked, messed up world. And his only way to do it is to allow your faith to stand trial. I'm worried about the, the people of our age and our day. I'm worried about our generation. Because the ones who have gone before us, the heroes of faith, will stand on the great seat of judgment. We'll be in a long line. 
And they'll be shouting the praises and the testimonies of what God did. I was sawed in two, but in the middle of it, I saw God and I praised him anyways. You'll, you'll hear stories of ones that have been fed to lions for their faith. They told me to stop talking about Jesus, but I couldn't. And so the lions ate me, but in a second's notice, I saw the lion of the tribe of Judah. There you'll hear stories of, of people like Abraham, who, who was called the father of a multitude, but at 99 years old, still didn't have the multitude even died and only had two kids but kept holding on to the faith that he would not lose grip in. We'll hear about the nameless, the faceless. They'll all stand trial and testify of God's greatness. And then our generation will step up. And let's say I went through some stuff. The pastor didn't shake my hand. They talked about me. My co-workers mocked me. People made fun. I walked through some sickness. God never healed me. And we will look crazy in comparison to these heroes of faith. But because we've preached a false gospel in the church that God is just the genie in the bottle and if you rub him the right way, he's going to pop out and just give, give, give. Look, this is not our home, folks. Take heart, because in this world, we're going to have a lot of trials and a lot of tests, and it's not going to go perfect, and in fact, it's probably not going to go your way. But my prayer is, God, let it always be your way. Whatever you want, Jesus, I'm in for that, and I'm going to stand for that. Why? Because you know more than me. And we can't escape it. Our faith must stand trial. And many of you are on the stand right now. No one knows it. Maybe you just walked out of the stand and maybe you just found out how great your God is. There's some great people in the Bible. There's one I can think of. His name was Joshua. I feel like we are supposed to be the Joshua generation because the Joshua generation didn't wait till they saw it to praise about it. Because they knew as long as they didn't see it, didn't mean it wasn't happening. That an anchor only works when it's hidden. And that Jesus' hope is not some mystical fairy tale, but it is based on the foundation of his word. And he only swore by himself. So literally, if God's word is not true and he is not true, then the sun falls apart tomorrow. So me getting through this test is based on the foundation of his throne. God will rescue me. But I want to be like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They say, I will not bow because my God is for me. And he will rescue me from this fire. But I want a generation that their faith is to the place that goes to another level. Real faith that says, and even if he doesn't rescue me, I will steal not bow, and I will still praise him because he is good and I can trust him. I want to be like Job that says, though he slay me, I will trust him. I want to be like David that says, though my bones are crushed and my breath is gone, I will trust that he is yes and amen. He's always on time. He's always good. And when he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. God is trying to reveal his beauty in us. Mm. 
Because his strength is made perfect in weakness. Not average. Not okay. His strength is at its highest power when we are the weakest. I don't know about you, but I want his strength to be revealed through my life. And the greatest way it can be revealed is when I realize I'm weak, but when I'm weak, you're real strong. So here's what we do. When we're weak, we pretend like he's real weak. I can't worship you today, God, because you're not strong, because I'm not strong. And I'm going through stuff. I'm being broken on every side, so I can't worship you today. But it's those times when you can worship the greatest. It is those times where you can lift him up the highest. Because you can know in those times, his strength is made perfect in you. His strength is always made perfect, but it's most powerful in you. You see, we have a lot of professional Christians today in the church. We have more professional Christians than ever before. We have professional preachers. We have professional worship leaders. We even have sometimes in churches professional drummers. The drummer is paid, and the secretary is paid, and the bookkeeper is paid, but we don't need any more professional Christians. We need some powerful Christians, and we need some people that say, God, I want your power to be revealed in me. And this is not my profession. I'm a child of the living God. And you love me just how I am. And you are for me, not against me. Many times in my life I thought God had left me. Many times in my life I've doubted if I really believe in God. In fact, one time in my life, I tried to take my own life in Bible college. I thought maybe God had forgotten me. Because I felt a certain way. But hope is not contingent upon our feelings. It is an anchor for the soul, which is our emotions, our mind, our will, and our emotions. God's looking for a generation to bypass sometimes their emotions, say, bypass their mind and say, God, I will worship you. If everything doesn't make sense, that's okay. This is what it means to trust. How is it trust if you see everything? If you're the God of this kingdom. But it's trust to go, Dad, I know I don't have the same eyes on this. In my eyes, if I open them and look at this, I am freaking out. But Lord, I trust you. Remember when we took our daughter from the hospital to hospital, and I didn't cry at all from the way there to the first hospital, but in between the second hospital, I cried like a baby. There was this Christian song that came on the radio. You know, at the time I turned to Caleb and said, God, just give me some kind of cheesy Christian song right now. I need some. And this super cheesy Christian song. But it ministered to me so powerfully. I cannot tell you how, how awesome the Holy Spirit is because he came into those just words that on a normal day I would have said, I am turning, this is so lame. To this day I was blown away and God was just hitting me with these words. 
And I'm weeping like a baby. And I felt this release to just say, God, she's your daughter, not mine. And you love her more than I do. I don't know how to, those words don't even make sense to me, but I know it's true. Sometimes, guys, it's not if you change your situation that the test changes. You are in a test right now because God has put you on trial. And he's got the lawyer Jesus that knows the right questions to ask in the middle of your trial. And God the judge is standing there going, man, I know Holy Spirit has been put on the inside. He's going to fill your mouth. Maybe in the middle of your trial, you should start saying, God, pray through me what you want me to say in this moment. Speak the words out of my mouth. And I think the greatest words out of our mouth in the middle of trials are to worship. Or to lift up a shout of praise. Like Alyssa says, to ride the waves like a surfer. And to say, bring it on. Because my anchor is steadfast. And you would have to rip heaven apart to destroy this son, this daughter. You see, there are people right now. I want them to play this video behind as I talk about there are people right now that are going through storms. And trials. There are people right now that just like these boats and these ships, you're being ripped apart. There are people that right now, every wave is plummeting your boat. God, why? God, why? Because you were never meant to live in the safety of the harbor. Because your Christianity actually gave you the ability to leave the safety of the harbor and to venture as a pioneer into uncharted territory to see a world change. Some of you are being plummeted right now, looking at waves, thinking, God, how will I make it through this? And your ship is being tried and tested, and it's going to come forth as gold. You see, safe seas never made a great captain. But God is sending you out into dangerous waters. He's sending you out into tests and trials. He's allowing them to come from every angle so that when you are tried and tested, the glory in you will come forth as gold. God is doing something even right now in this room, all over this place. God is doing something right now. If you've been walking through storms, you can pull that video down. If you've been walking through storms, I want you to stand up. If you've been plummeted by the waves, I want you to stand up. If your faith has been on trial, I want you to stand up. If you've been walking through some things, I want you to stand up. If you've been facing some things, I want you to stand up. See, sometimes, look at me, sometimes it's powerful to just stand. Sometimes you don't have to run. But it's powerful to let the devil know, no matter what you send at this ship, I got something that you know about that is hooked to a place that you can't get with and you can't touch where moth and rust can't destroy. The Bible says that Jesus is our forerunner. John the Baptist was Jesus' forerunner. John the Baptist's only job was to introduce Jesus to the world. Jesus is our forerunner. He's not just our anchor. Listen. 
So he has gone before us into heaven and he is waiting to introduce us to the Father. And he has gone before us to say, why does that matter? Because if we catch, this is not our home. They are waiting in line to cheer us on as we walk the streets of gold, as we step into eternity from this world into the next. Jesus leaving. Jesus leaving does not mean he's distant. And distance does not mean he's absent. His distance is only for your introduction into the next life. And I cannot praise him maybe sometimes because of the pain here. But I could praise him because the pain will be gone there. And we all will rejoice when we cross through that veil. But what if we got crazy? What if we didn't wait till we got to heaven and we rejoiced here like we're going to celebrate there in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the circumstances? We lifted up our voice. We lifted our shout and said, God, I'm giving you all my praise. I'm giving you, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Let's worship him today. Oh, Jesus. I dare you to lift up a shout. I dare you to lift up a praise. I dare you to worship in this place. I dare you to lift up a shout in the middle of your tent. Oh, we praise Jesus. We are anchored God. You satisfy us, God. You're all we need, Jesus. We worship you today, Jesus. Come on, let's sing it together. Come on, we're on this ship together. Let's worship Him in this place. We're going to worship on this side of the storm. I said you're the Joshua generation earlier because I want to remind you that before Joshua was the Moses generation. And the Moses generation got to the Red Sea and they said, God, you're not with us. You were on the throne when you got us out of Egypt, but you're off the throne when we run into problems. So you're mad at us. We might as well turn around and go back to where we came from. And then God loved them anyways, opened the Red Sea, and they got to the other side. Closed the sea on their enemies. And then... They busted out a tambourine and worshiped and danced and praised. But the Joshua generation didn't wait till the walls fell down. They worshiped and the walls came down. They praised as they saw the pain. They praised in the middle of the fire and they lived in what the others never got to experience. If you wait to praise till you're there, you'll never get to see the promise here. But if we worship before we see it, and we shout before we believe it, and we sing out to the God who we know 
He is high and lifted up. You may just get to live in what you dreamed about. Can we worship Him in the middle of trial, in the middle of pain? Come on, Joshua generation. Can we sing this out again? I will bless the Lord. This altar's open if you want to run down here and lift up His name. If you want to worship time I want to tell you today is the day today is the day of salvation and you're in this room from the front to back if you could close your eyes and bow your heads you're in this room you say you know what Jesus I want to know you today as my Lord and Savior today I I want to I want to walk through that way I want you to be my anchor and a sure foundation I've sinned in my life I have things that I've done that have separated me from you and I want to I want to apply the sacrifice you made on that cross. I want to apply it to my life today that I could have right standing with you, right relationship with you. The Bible says that no man is good, not even one. No man is righteous, not even one. That all fall short of the glory of God. And today we need a Savior. We need a Jesus to save us. And he wants to meet you today. If you're in this room and you need that Jesus to reach down and rescue you today, to pull you out today, would you just on the count of three, just simply slip up your hand and say, that's me. I'm not asking you to join a religious organization. I'm not asking you to be a fearless member. I'm asking you, do you need Jesus? If you, if you were to die today outside of these walls, we are not promised tomorrow. If you were to die today or tomorrow, would you go to heaven? If you are unsure at all, today you can be sure on the count of three if that's you I want to be sure I want to know God I want to I want to meet him today I need him as a savior and lord of my life on the count of three ready one two at the count of three I want you just to slip slip up your hand three all over this room hands are going up hands are going up all over this room hands are going up 
over this room. Over this room, hands are going up. We've got people in the balcony, hands are going up. All over this room. All over this room. And we're going to pray. I want you to keep your hand up, and one of my fearless leaders is just going to come stand by you. We're going to pray together as a family. We've got some, some awesome gentlemen up in the balcony right up here. We're going to pray together. People are moving. My leaders are moving right now, fastly, swiftly. Someone right back here in the middle. We're going to pray together. We need a couple more dudes in the balcony. we got some people in the balcony. we got someone right over here that lifted their hand. Another woman over here. Vicky. Vicky, I see you up there. Can you pray? Right, right over here. There was someone that lifted their hand right over here. We're going to pray together. Say this with me. Dear Jesus, today... I give you my life. Forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died on the cross and you rose on the third day to give me new life. I want that new life starting right here, right now, in Jesus' name. Forgive me and receive me. Be my Lord and my Savior in Jesus' name. Wash me new. Wash me clean today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, if we pray that today, can we celebrate? Thanks for listening to another powerful message from Fearless LA. You can follow what's happening at Fearless by going to fearlessla.com, exploring the app, or looking us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. If you would like prayer, check out the prayer wall in the Fearless app. God bless you.